Cubs podcast. I'm your host Sean Holland, and our guest on this episode is Laura Messer, who you probably know on Twitter as Far North Cider. She is a proprietor of a blog called also farnorthsider.com, and uh, she covers a lot of Cubs and Canadian baseball on there because she lives in Toronto. And um, on this episode, we talk a lot about the Cubs' recent good play. Um, recent CBA restrictions on young players who aren't being called up and should be called up, and a little bit more. So here is Laura. Uh, the Cubs have been playing very good lately. Uh, they've won eight of their last ten games and built a pretty solid division lead, I would say. Um, so how do you feel about the Cubs right now? I feel pretty good. I actually I feel better than I did about them last year. I mean, I can't remember exactly how their what their lead was like at this time last year. I know they were, they came out from being behind basically at the All Star break. You know, I think last year I think there was a lot more problems with the with the pitching and the uh, first inning itis than, than there is this year. Even though they still have some of that problem, you know, obviously they. The offense still, you know, it depends pretty much on on Baez now. That's how it's going this year. And, you know, I'm a little worried now that Hayward seems to be out. You know, he's done a lot to kind of spark things with the offense. But overall, I think uh, Cubs are in pretty good position to win the division again. Yeah, and obviously a big factor in their recent good play is uh, was the acquisition of Cole Hamels. It was just like, I, you know, I was hoping he would do good, but this is ridiculous. I mean, just how about Cole Hamels? Oh, yeah, no kidding. So, this, yeah, he's uh, been a lot better than I was expecting. I was just hoping to get somebody who could at least get, you know, five innings and not give up more than a few runs, you know, basically have John Lackey all over again, but he's been way better. Yeah, it, it yeah. There's some people that want John Lackey to come back. I'm not one of those people. Oh, there's some other people. Too many home runs, that guy. <laughs> I mean, he's a lot of fun, you know. He's, uh, you know, I think there was a one game where he uh, basically kind of woke up the offense because he got him and him and Contreras, I think, got ejected that time. <laughs> and then they, everybody woke up and won the game, right? <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, yeah, that, too many, uh, too many home runs. <laughs> a lot of home runs, yeah. It was not what you're looking for, but, um, but yeah, Cole Hamels has been very good, and the rest of the pitching is starting to come around. I mean, Lester had that rough stretch where he out of the All Star break, but he's pitched well his last couple games, and Kyle Hendricks is really starting to walk back in, which is good to see. Yeah, I've been watching the game tonight, and uh, Quintana definitely had a pretty good game. You know, no uh, no run support. I think with the uh, the base running mistakes, if the Cubs lose that one, they're this one tonight, they're going to deserve it. But <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, I think he thought he looked pretty great tonight as well. So as long as they can yeah, keep, keep doing what they're doing. 
yeah, keep keep that up, and they should be in pretty good shape. Um, now, of course, the Cardinals and Brewers are both lurking. I won't, you know, they're not like right on the Cubs' heels, but it's a four and a half and five game lead, and they've been playing well. So, are you more scared of the Cardinals or the Brewers? Yeah, at this point, uh, I think the Cardinals. I think I'm a little more worried about them at this point. They've they've had pretty big run you know they made the change in the manager so i think that took pretty much a big weight off people's shoulders so they're free to be themselves i don't think they can keep playing as well as they have been you know the rest of the year i mean you never know but i think the brewers i think they uh i think they made too many mistakes with not trading for the pitching which is their their weak point, which is the starting pitching. And then they had, I think it was Suter who went down. He's gone for a year and they didn't exactly replace him. They just went with more position players. I mean, they got good position players, but they, they really need to get some more pitching depth. Yeah. And they did make one, like, I guess you would, what do you call it? Last ditch effort by uh, trading for Gio Gonzalez, but. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not exactly the, uh, uh, the best uh, best acquisition they could make, but I think that's that's about what was left to them at this point. I mean, I suppose they could have gotten James Shields from the White Sox, but I nobody's nobody's traded for him that I've seen. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that Shields. I thought Shields would get moved too, but obviously, so far at least, I guess they're still an out couple hours before the waiver trade trade deadline but no it doesn't seem like he's gonna move yeah that's um that kind of surprised me that they didn't do that since they've been pretty much willing to make deals you know get uh get what they can but maybe nobody made them a offer that blew them away as far as uh, helping with their farm system or what have you yeah so a uh, big addition that is going to come back to the cubs is uh chris bryant who I believe he's going to play tomorrow. I think that was what they, what, and we're recording this on a Friday night. So Saturday is when yeah. he's going to come back and we've got, you got to be pumped about that if he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, he say, he says he's feeling pretty good. I mean, of course there's, you know, some element he uh, kind of has to, you know, make the, make the statement is like, yeah, of course I want to play. I feel good. But you know, I think that's that's a good sign that he's that he says he's he's ready to come back and do that. And he's always been somebody who wants to always be out there and playing too. So Yeah, and you know, uh his uh co you know, partner in the Brizzo Souvenir Company, Anthony Rizzo, has been playing very well late, hitting a ton actually. And, you know, he started out so badly, but right now he's been possibly their best hitter yeah i think i've seen some people kind of making a comparison as far as his start this year as far as aramis ramirez you know back with uh you know years back where he was always historically not not very good in the spring when it was cold you know and then riz also had the uh, the issues with his back flaring up and all that so i think the the bad weather and then that you know he just had horrible start but is, uh, has been great lately so yeah we'll see if he is able to put up the kind of same consistent numbers that he has all these you know last few years 
Yeah. So, um, now, this is a question that I like to ask a lot of people that come on here. Um, because, you know, everyone's got a different story of how they became a Cubs fan. You know, like, I'm in Montana, so it's kind of like a family tradition for me. But um, how did you become a Cubs fan? Well, I mean, I grew up, you know, like a in a baseball household. Like, my dad's a White Sox fan, but not a not very devoted baseball fan. My mom's a Cubs fan, and, you know, much much more devoted to the Cubs, but I didn't really get into it until, until I was in high school. That was 20 years ago with the, the summer of Sammy with the uh, home run chase. So that's when, you know, my mom was always like, listen, we gotta, you know, see what's going on with, with Sammy Sosa. So I, you know, started, started following the team a lot back then listening to all the games and then we went we went to a game at Wrigley to see uh try to see Sammy hit a home run there's no home run that day but really became a big fan after that year I even you know kept still listening to all the games on the radio and got to be a big fan of the the old Pat and Ron show with with Pat Hughes and Ron Santo Mm -hmm. but uh still listening even in some very bad baseball years after that because I was still wanting to see you know if Sammy was going to hit 60 home runs you know in the subsequent years and then there was the right at the end of the 90s Mark Grace was in a run I think with Craig Biggio who was going to be hit the most doubles in the 1990s which is kind of a weird statistic but there's still you know reasons to follow the Cubs even though they were you know, not very good after 1998. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of kind of drug along there. But, of course, in the end, I mean, it took like, you know, 15, 16 years. But, you know, then they did finally hit pay dirt. So I guess fighting through those rough years still worked out, right? Yeah. You know, that was the... Yeah, there was the one year when they uh, they were so close to getting in the World Series, and then that <laughs> that did not happen. Everybody remembers the uh, the Bartman story, right? But so now, an interesting side note with you is that I'm sure people, if you, they know your Twitter handle, Far North Cider, that uh, you reside in Canada, the Toronto yeah, area, right. so. What's the baseball scene like in Canada? Obviously, the Blue Jays are the only team now that the Expos have gone, but how's baseball yeah, going in Canada? Uh, yeah, you know, baseball is definitely not as, not anywhere as close to as popular as hockey. There's still, you know, there are baseball fans, you know, there are definitely people who are very, very into that. And then since the Jays are the only team now, people from all over Canada do follow the Jays and will travel to games that are, close to wherever they live in Canada, for example, like the uh, series against the Seattle Mariners is always a big, big one for the, the Jays trans in Vancouver area to travel to. And so the Jays players even refer to that to being kind of a home away from home series because there's so many, so many fans travel to see that game. Yeah. And obviously, uh, yeah. So, like, the, the Jays are the national team, basically, now. Everyone's pretty much bought yeah, in. Yeah, and they sell they sell themselves as being Canada's team. 
So now, there's always if you're a course, on a patriotic yeah. Canadian and, the, and you watch baseball, then you're supposed to follow the Jays. Yeah, or else. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They also, you know, they're big into you know international sports, kind of Team Canada, that kind of thing here. You know, so yeah, I don't know people who aren't even not that interested in sports overall, but they will watch the international sports because you know, kind of the Canadian patriotism aspect. Yeah. So obviously now I've always been a strong believer in bringing the Expos back. Some people talk about it occasionally, but of course my suggestion is just take the Marlins stadium, pull it out of the ground and just ship it up to Montreal. But obviously they're not going to do that, but, but you think there ever will be a, a movement to bring the Expos back? Yeah, I have followed some of this where they've talked about the, uh, you know, expansion, the prospects for expanding another two teams and some of the things that were were floated were Portland, Oregon area, Mexico, or going back to Montreal. And basically the, the shot of Portland or Montreal was considered to be, there are better odds for that than for Mexico just because of logistical aspects and the fact that you know, folks in Mexico just aren't as well off enough to attend attend baseball games. Yeah, so because it could happen. I mean, I would have said like ten years ago, never. But the way they're talking about it, it is a possibility. So that would be interesting. Yeah, they definitely they had their they had their fans. From what I understand, you know, they had their their fan base. Even it wasn't exactly a very very large one, but. You know, you do see people kind of uh, kind of ironic hipster types wearing uh, their expos expos gear to get Jays games and things like that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was something I wanted to bring up since we were talking about the Blue Jays, and it's a problem with the White Sox too. We've got these two incredible minor leaguers, Eloy Jimenez and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. We're just destroying AAA right now. And their teams aren't bringing, bringing them up for the obvious reason of they're trying to save money on their contracts by getting them another year in the minors. And mm-hmm. we just talk about how annoying this is. Yeah, the fans, uh, fans here, from what I follow, they're, they, really hate, they really hate it. I mean, Josh Donaldson hasn't been playing pretty much all year. And from what I've just seen tonight with the trade news and stuff that he's, he's gone over to Cleveland. So, you know, they haven't really had anybody playing third base. They had Russell Martin playing third base sometimes, but he's not really a third baseman. <laughs> you know, people, they want to see Vlad Jr. and they're not getting Vlad Jr. You know, that's the only reason that anybody really has to watch the Jays this season. <laughs> you know, so you're not giving the people what they want. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's just like, this is going to be a thing that comes up in the next like labor dispute. Of course, this, you know, six years before you hit free agency and teams like delaying it to get extra years and stuff. And it's probably going to get pretty messy, but I think fans would be like, we want to see these guys come up. So can we maybe change this in the future? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that's gonna, that's going to work out. I think, you know, that has to, not sure how much clout that some of these guys that are, you know, signed, you know, minor that are in the minor leagues really have to do that since I mean from 
my understanding is well, you're, if you're a major league player and you're in the major league players union, then you have more clout for those kind of negotiations. So yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that like, yeah. Are they going to stick up for their, the young guys that aren't there yet? Or are they going to just look out for themselves? Yeah. It's, so I'm going to ask you since I had you on here and I'm going to let you plug your website that you write about baseball on. And um, because I know I, I was joking with you when we were setting up this uh, interview that I could my few like five listeners and your five readers can cross over and hear each other's stuff. But uh, what do you talk about your blog? My blog is called farnorthsider.com. As you mentioned, like Twitter handle is farnorthsider. So that's, that's, you know, the, uh, the play on the, the fact that I'm living in Canada these days and following the Cubs. And then also with the time when I did live in Chicago, I did live on the far north side. So should be easy to remember farnorthsider.com. I started out, you know, I follow MLB in general, like most now that the season's gone on more, there's more of it's, it's Cubs related than anything. You know, a little bit of Blue Jays as well, since can't help but you know follow some what's going on. Although, you know, it's, it's uh, hard for me to have the time to really closely follow two baseball teams. So you're going to see more Cubs than anything else. I've also been following some of uh, Barlow Cologne's milestones this year since you know he's surpassed the uh the all-time wins total for for a latino pitcher i think he also had uh, 2,000 strikeouts this year as well so just kind of following some of those bigger developments as well but yeah i just uh just uh so bartolo cologne how yeah how much longer is bartolo cologne gonna go can he (laughs) go another couple years or i think so he's not exactly racking up the wins since he's on Texas now, but uh, I think anybody, they they did sign him. He was looking to be kind of toward the end of things. He did get signed because basically they needed somebody who could get some win- get some innings. You know, he's still able to throw strikes and get innings, so they signed him on. And I think there are still teams that are going to need need somebody like that, so he's probably still got a few more years in him. Yeah. Well, that would be nice to see because everyone enjoys Bartolo now. It's kind of funny. Like early in his career, I don't remember him being a lovable guy, but now he's been around so long, everyone loves him. It's funny. Yeah, you know, he's got some stuff in his past. He did have the uh, a steroids violation, and there was also uh, a scandal where uh, he had came out that he had two families, basically. So... <laughs> There's wow. there's some stuff in his life, you know, that people have reason not to like him for. So yeah. I think he he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame because of the steroid stuff. But you know, everybody likes to watch the watch the old guy still try to get it done. You know, that's why people like him. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna think if there's anything else I want to cover that's been going on with the Cubs lately. Um. I did my whole big interview with uh, Kelly Wallace about the Daniel Murphy thing. So I was trying to make this one a more fun, fun podcast than the one before. Cause that was a little heavy. So, but, um, as do you have anything you want to add about the Cubs at the end? 
Javi Bias for MVP. <laughs> I think that that is a very good sentiment sentiment to end things on. Javi Bias should be the MVP. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on my podcast. You're welcome. Have a great night. Yep, you too. Well, that's all the time for this episode. Uh, remember, you can follow me at STH85 on Twitter. You can follow Laura at Far North Cider on Twitter. Uh, if you want to email the podcast, holycowpod at gmail is the address. Um, just a reminder, you can also subscribe to my podcast on iTunes. Uh, and if you do subscribe, you can rate and review it so I know people are listening. Um, and uh, until we have another episode, thank you for listening.